He is only three times. That is in scripture, Bible. Hallelujah. And that normally means set apart, set apart, separated, separated, separated. Separation is key. Hallelujah. For example, if that agency by one decree come on and three creepers get up and walk. You have it right here. Then you, you then the message is clear. The message is clear. The proximity. How close is walking with God that when he came to announce one creeper, another one hard and got up. When he came to announce the second, another one hard and got up. That is serious. The message is very clean. God has his standard, the Lord Almighty. Holiness and proximity. Okay? And two, God Almighty can also, depending on the mission, he can come he himself. And when he comes himself to execute the mission, then you see the glory of God. The glory comes. And when the glory comes, because he is the appointing authority, so you don't, they are no hitting authority. They are appointing also, right? Yes, because I use the word appointing, which is true also appointing, right? Because he's the anointing authority, so you don't see the anointing because he is God, right? But when he does that function, that role, then you see the glory of God. That is called the revelation of God. Depending on the gravity, God himself can come in the cloud. Then you see the revelation of God, almighty. Or he can come, I hope the Mankoko, you took some coffee so you don't yawn. That would really be very heartbreaking because I have a very big session here. And there is coffee. You can always walk back and take your coffee or whatever. Or water. So, really, we are live on air and Baringo is listening. So, um, so sometimes God himself comes. Hallelujah. And so, we have seen the demarcations on the timeline when the Lord has to execute certain functions, certain events in the zero countdown to the kingdom of God. So, I want to take one of them and highlight a little bit, Right? And with joy, I give this message to you. You noticed. Hallelujah. Listen now. I want to now highlight a little bit, just a little bit to give us perspective. And all this is meant to raise to you the gravity of preparing well for the rapture of the church. If you noticed. If you noticed. So let's do a quick rundown to one of them, which is the great tribulation. Hallelujah. Which Jesus himself said is the worst time ever on the earth. And in the book of Daniel chapter 12 verse 1, he talks about it right there. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 12 verse 1, I'm reading. He says the following. Daniel 12 verse 1. Onwards. Are we together? It says, at that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. That is serious. Very, very serious for the Lord to say this. He's saying there is a serious time of distress coming whereby if God did not make a divine intervention, his people would have been wiped out. 
That is very serious. Divine intervention, right? He says, Michael, the great prince who protects your people will arise. So he rises. He rises to defend Israel. We know too well that that time is demarcated for Israel, the time of Jacob's trouble. But he says, at that time, there will be need for divine intervention. If you read other scriptures in the book of Matthew 24, he says, if that time was not shortened, nobody would survive. Are we together? If you read Matthew 24 from verse 15 all the way down to verse 21, you will see that, right? And then he says, but everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. That is very powerful. He's saying it does not matter whether you are Hebrew or you are the Gentile. If you want to enter the kingdom of God, there is a book that belongs to the glorious Lamb of God. He says, you must be found written there. We just read the last scriptures we checked out in the White Throne Judgment, verse 15 of Revelation 20. Those whose names were not found written in the book were thrown into the lake of fire. Are we still together? That is serious. He's saying, those that enter heaven must belong to the Lamb. Wow, Jesus is powerful. And so, whether you are Hebrew or Gentile, you must be found written in the book. So these are some of the nuggets coming out as uh, we, we are going. We've seen this scripture before. I'm just making it highlighted for a few who are not here. It says, multitude who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. That is serious. It's saying, that there will be a resurrection whereby some people are resurrected. I have seen when the rapture is near. Remember, I've shared that vision here again and again, right? Are we together? Yes. Yeah, the vision of November 26th, 25th, rather, 2006, Kehancha, 5 a.m. in the morning, right? Well, now the rapture is near. It shows me those who are resurrected and transformed, glorified for eternity with God. But the difference between the two is 1,000 and seven years. And seven years. 1,000 and seven years. And so he's saying that some people are going to be resurrected to enter eternal life. And he's talking about the church. Those people that at the point of their death, they were righteous. They were holy. They were born again. God-fearing. In right standing with God. They were reverent. You know, the Lord Almighty has set his standards where? In the Bible. That the salvation of the grace is free of charge. However, there are responsibilities for you. The responsibility is to be able to honor that salvation. The responsibility is to be able to understand that that grace came to draw you to holiness of Jesus. So that is serious. So you can't abuse the grace, right? You cannot say that because of the grace now God is less holier. No, not at all. God remains holy. And that's why I just want to make sure I define very well those who wake up from the dust and go into the kingdom of God, their stature. The Holy Spirit was with them. He helped them. They were holy. They feared God. They were reverent. They were not out on a, on a spree for sinning the way you see the current church is doing. Let us be very careful. This spirit of entitlement in the church. 
they get born again and they feel entitled. Because they are told it's a finished job. It's a finished job. You relax now. You'll enter. No. That is the lie of the devil to trivialize eternity. To trivialize sin. To trivialize the holiness of God. That's the lie of the devil. Right? To trivialize the fear of God. Hallelujah. Are we still together? And so, he's reading, the, he's saying these things here, rather, that, uh, that one group will enter heaven and one group will be resurrected and go deep down into the lake of burning sulfur. But wait and you hear verse 5, then you will tremble. Verse 5, he goes on, rather, the rest, he goes on to say, as, uh, um, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead men into righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So now, look at this now. It takes one group that is going to heaven, and it makes two subgroups from them. Are we together? He says there are two subgroups among those going into glory. He says some of them are classified as wise. What does wise ring in your heart when you hear that? Fear of God. And then he says another group is the righteous. So he raises a premium of righteousness before the Lord, right? He says the teachers of righteousness. In the way you walk, in the way you live, you teach righteousness. When people see you, they see righteousness. They, they are convicted, so they make amends, right? Are we together? And he goes on to say, so he says there are two groups. So right there also you can see the rewards. You can see the judgment seat of Christ. When people will be rewarded differently. There are those teams, they are part of one group going to heaven already. But in there he says, if you took the foundation which is Christ Jesus and built it on it using straw, it would burnt up. Built on it using iron or using gold, whatever. You see that picture there. That I will reward you according to what you've done. So you see the, the praises. That is Second Corinthians chapter five verse ten. The praises by the throne of God. They are given. They are all in heaven, but some are like the resplendor, the, 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 the shining of the brightness of the heavens. Others, comolastreas, like stars forever and ever. So he puts a premium on righteousness and the teachers of teachers of righteousness. Are we together? And then he goes on to say, blessed people, as we begin to start tonight, and we're running very late, I need to move very fast. He says the following. Verse 4, he says, But you, Daniel, roll up, the, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. So he's saying that matters regarding prophecy Matters regarding prophetic events will be on high demand. This running everywhere to seek knowledge is knowledge of God. Like when you look at what's happened in Israel, you don't know what does this mean towards the coming of the Messiah. So people will be longing to know, to be told what is God saying about all this ministry, prophetic ministries, prophetic messages. What is the Lord saying about prophecy? Bible prophecy. When he says, roll up and seal, did that mean it's totally sealed from you? No, it is there for your reading, right? 
Yes, that you may read. It's available to you. You're reading and you're becoming smarter. You're changing your life, right? But he's saying that at the end, things are going to be more revealed. Right? Okay, so we can move to verse 5. Blessed people. So then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and the other, uh, one, and one on the opposite bank. One said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the water of the river, how long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand was heaven. And he, I, I heard him swear by him who lives forever, who is Yahweh, by the way, by him who lives forever and ever, saying, it will be for a time, times and half time. When the power of the holy people has finally been broken, all these things will be completed. That is very powerful. That's why I need to start the journey. Because this is what he's talking about here. I need to start the whole journey now so that we can even understand at what time is the power of the holy people broken. I need to go with you today a long journey wherever you see how Jerusalem will fall. And you know, Israel has nuclear weapons right now, right? So you can imagine, at that moment, it will be a dreadful time, right? That's what he means. When the power of the holy people will have been broken, meaning when finally... Jerusalem will fall. And I, I, let me go step by step. It's in front of me here so that you can see when the Messiah now will come in. Please allow me, right? Yes, that we don't... Uh, because final at the end, the Lord must win. So that is why I wanted us to look at the end, how it ends first, so that you people can be settled in your hearts. Hallelujah. I remember we were traveling to India for a mission to India, uh, I think uh, Mumbai and some other cities. And then we, that time there was a storm. I think there was a storm around the Middle East, the sandstorm. And then, you know, there's a time of the year when there are storms, right? And then some of the aircrafts delayed to come from their destinations. They were delayed because of the storm. When there is a storm, they delay. They tell them, don't leave fast and so forth. And you know, it's expensive to park, so it's quite expensive for the airlines to delay the aircrafts, you know. But because of the storm, they say, delay it a bit. So you can see delayed, 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 they delayed. And then for some reason, they got, I don't want to say this, but they got, uh, those. they said, no, those ones are delayed. Can we just get some uh, aircrafts that are not, uh, I mean, rather, which were a bit old? Not in a bad way, but they were, I think they were put aside or something. And quickly, just ship these people instead of waiting for another 24 hours. So we entered. Michael, you were there. He was bad. <laughs> he was really bad. <laughs> no, these people knew that it is done. Finally, it's finished. That nobody will arrive. But for me, the Lord had shown me that I have arrived. No, listen to this now. Thank you. Listen to this now. Well, I mean, that you may understand what I'm doing by showing you that at the end, Jesus wins, and then I will go through the harrowing, right? So I told them, the way I normally brief our teams, before we travel, I always tell them, tell them, please don't worry. I have seen that we have arrived. I have arrived there already, so don't worry. But no, sometimes you don't know the mechanistics, what's involved in arriving. 
<laughs> you understand? Is it that the plane crashed in the ocean and we were saved by a boat? <laughs> or some helicopter rescue picked us and we arrived? You know, there, there's that feeling. We met a storm. A storm. Oh, no. We, we just took off like this. Because there was a storm in the region anyway. Oh, 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 oh. I don't know. The plane was losing almost 10,000 feet. You think it will hit the ocean? Huh? And then it hits another cloud, which is like a mountain. Throw you again up. And the food containers were falling. And there was crying going on. And people, everybody saw death. All of a sudden, everybody saw death. There is no time to repent. No, no, no. no there is no time to repent. You cannot repent. You cannot say, our Father in heaven, please, you cannot say those things. <laughs> you are now fighting for your life. You cannot say the Lord's Prayer. You will not say it. You will not, and you cannot. Come, my son, we'll find a seat for you, my son. I know you've come. Yes, just, we'll find a seat. Someone help me just find a seat for Moshimiwa. He has come. You are, are you able to open and Gunyala, I know you are sitting where you are sitting. Where are we going? How are we going to handle this now? Oh, you, you, you are giving? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, so when you say we will arrive, we already know what the result is. In between, there is a great tribulation in here that I want to handle, right? No, that, that was bad. No, that was the worst. No, 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 no. Everybody knew we are dying. But the only thing that calmed them down is that I told them earlier, I have seen that I have arrived and we have been received. So, so now, yes, we have been received. So, the, 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 it, it was very bad. No, 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 no. Everybody, death, death in their faces. You can't even stand up and say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to preach to you now. Very, I want to rather encourage you that there is the kingdom of God. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot. Even you, you are like, hey. How will we arrive? Was I want to review the dream? Was it by hitting the ocean? We were rescued by a boat, or something? Yes. So it's important to know how it will end. But it's important to know what happens in the great tribulation, right? Yeah, it's important because you need to know. So this is very important. He's saying here that it will be a terrible time, and then he says that uh, this. The figure, the Lord told me that is Christ concealed, meaning before incarnation. He stood up and raised his right hand, everybody focusing on me, and he raised his left hand above the waters and linen, and then he swore, he literally swore and vowed by him that sits on the throne forever and ever. That is eternal. That is Yahweh, my friend, the one that sits in the, in the, on the throne forever and ever. That is now the almighty God himself. That's the almighty God. But listen to this now. He swore. He swore. He swore that the great tribulation must happen. Must. That is serious, blessed people. And then number two. In that swearing that it must happen, he is sealing all of the above. He's saying it is true, some people must resurrect and enter the eternal kingdom of God. Meaning there is a real heaven for you. And some people must enter the real heaven. Some real people with real names must enter heaven. Number three, he is swearing that there is a real lake of fire where some real people must enter. That was serious, right? 
He swore by him that lives forever. Then you need to be careful. That one day, one day surely some people will enter heaven, physically enter, and some people will enter the lake of fire. He swore that. So because he did that, you must now take your lives very seriously, right? Hallelujah. And so, this is the narrative here, but key to it, why we came here, is because of this great distress that again is being cataloged here as one that has not been seen before and will never appear again, right? Because now we just want to do a quick run on the great tribulation, right? And he says, we saw it as Daniel chapter 9, 27, and then uh, we have Matthew chapter 24, verses uh, 15 to 22. It says the following. Just to give you an, a bearing, blessed people. You're like, huh? why are you emphasizing it? It is important to emphasize this. That you don't end up there. Especially now that it has not yet begun, right? Hallelujah. And so it says here, Matthew 24, 15 on. It says... So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. So the Lord Jesus, when he began to talk about it, he went straight in the middle of the 70th week and he nailed it on the last three and a half uh, years. That's where he anchored it and said, the abomination that causes desolation. He highlighted that place. And you'll see many things that will happen there, including a fleeing away and all those things. But just step by step, right? And then he says, let the reader understand when you see the abomination that causes desolation. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let the one who is on the rooftop, housetop, no, let no one on the rooftop, on the housetop, go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to their clock, go back rather to get their clock. Verse 19, how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or in the Shabbat. For then there will be great distress, a great tribulation, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. That is serious. And he says, verse 22, if those days had not been shortened, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. That is serious, blessed people. So he's saying that there will be a terrible time coming to the earth. The creator of the earth, he says, a terrible time coming to the earth. Of course, we have seen from Daniel's prophecy, chapter 9, 24, 27, that the Antichrist comes into the sin. And the state of Israel must be there. And then there must be a great need for peace. We see all those things are now fully aligned, even on your news. Right? And then he says, in the middle of that time when it begins, it will be so bad because there will be a fleeing 
Can I explain this? That a peace treaty for, for the, the first three and a half years, he will act good and uh, a nice leader, someone who has come to save. He, and I think he will do some things that will look valuable and useful. Do you remember the horn begins small? Subtle, yeah. So he will do some things that will convince people that he is awesome. They needed a leader and he rose up and he's doing it, right? And I say things like establishing the temple. You know, Israel needs a temple right now. And on top of that, the peace, you know, to have peace with the Arab world and the rest of the communities there, the nations there. But midway, he changes. He changes and he puts his figure in the house. Remember the Lord showed me the two beasts entering the temple? That's the tribulation temple. So he puts his figure there. And in that way now, he wants them to worship him. And they refuse. They refuse. They say, this is not the Lord, right? And then a big slaughter begins. There will be a serious slaughter. When Jesus said, a time of distress as has never happened before and will not repeat. That is serious. Because this world has seen so much. For example, if you just take Israel alone, Israel alone, they have seen so much slaughter, including the Holocaust. Whereby, one out of every three Jews was slaughtered in Europe. But this one, if you read Zechariah, the book of Zechariah chapter 13, if you read verses 7, Again, Zechariah 13, verses 7 to 9, you find that two out of three, this is worse. Only one part remains. Hallelujah. And that's why I don't want to go so much into this because I have a whole uh, cascade for you in front here. Let me just control myself. But two out of three are slaughtered. That is bad. But the whole world faces a slaughter, right? So that's a very difficult time. So they flee. And we're going to see where they flee to. Hallelujah. Step by step. Do you remember who is this riding with power and he's with blood all over spattered on his garments? Who are you? Then he says, it is I, mighty to save. So you can tell from that Isaiah 63 almost where the Lord has prepared for them. I'll come to that because even Revelation chapter 12 pinpoints the place. But most important now, they're fleeing. People flee, and the Lord says, don't even go back to the house and pick anything. Just run away, slaughter is on. That's a serious time, blessed people. And for you as a church, that still goes a long way to drill into you the fact that you don't want to see that time, right? Hallelujah. You don't want to see it, to live to see it. So the priests that shall come will confirm a covenant for seven years. In the midst of that, he shall abolish burnt offering. They go back, they have a temple, they go back to burnt offering and normal old sacrifice. But then, now that prince coming, which is the Antichrist, will stop that. You remember when the Lord showed me in that vision they were offering all sacrifice and then by voice he said, go tell them, but 
Christ has resurrected. Hallelujah. Tremendous blessed people. And he says, an hour of great distress worse than at worse time than any other in the history of the entire earth. And so, if I contextualize it for you, you remember the four horsemen, right? I know I've trumpeted that quite a bit, right? If you develop eye contact with me, that will be powerful. The four horsemen, you remember that at the breaking of the seals, each of the respective seals, the Lord has brought me before the throne. I have witnessed the breaking of the seal and I've seen the respective creature come to me. And then after he has come to me, I can give you just a few highlights. He goes back and he calls the specific horseman who normally comes high speed and he stop. I raise my, my left prophetic hand. He normally stops. But before the throne of God, I've shared this for many years, right? And then after that, I see from heaven that he's running all over the earth. Then I come and give the prophecy, right? I'll give the example. One of the examples I'll give is this. One of the examples I'll give is uh, the third horseman, for example. At the throne of God Almighty, the glory has covered the throne, and then the black one, the black horse. Then the third living creature comes. When he comes out, it's amazing. It's really very shocking also, right? Uh, he has a face like that of man. But even him is a huge bull, an ox. He's like, let me just use say the word like, an ox. Even I see his hoofs when he's walking. This is now very deep stuff. Right now I'm sharing very deep inside the throne of God. And he comes from this side, so he comes from the glory of the throne, where the Father is, and he comes on this side, like this. And the purpose is for me to identify him, and he has a huge uh, face like that of man, but huge and glorious. And very serious. I describe, I cannot describe more than this. He has like, serious frowns, that kind of seriousness, horizontal lines. Serious. Seriousness now. And he comes this way. The purpose is for me to identify him. So I can know which respective horse, horseman is being released, right? So those horsemen have seen their release, which means they are around waiting simply for that time for the precious elect of God to be taken away so that they can unleash their full wrath. Remember, they come as conquerors. Hallelujah. To conquer the earth. So look at this now. Walking this way. Okay. Hallelujah. Now, in this direction, coming, coming, but to show me his huge face, I don't want to describe. Huge human face. Then he comes, but he's still an ox, like an ox. Then he goes this way. Then when I thought he has gone this way, I'm shocked he's now coming from in front of me here. And he's come, then he speaks with me, after he speaks with me, and then he passes me like this. And then he goes back and releases the rider of the black horse, right? Remember when the rider of the black horse comes fully charged, they normally come out of the glory fully charged. And when I raise my hand like this, then he stops like this. And when he stops, 
Now, the black horse, the Lord wanted to show me something more, right? He makes the black horse, the black horse of heaven, now stretch his super glorious white wings. And the wings physically, physically touch me. And the glory from the wings flowing like this. So now that's tremendous because that is now very hidden. That's now inside, right? That's now very hidden. Only waited. The Lord kept the car that is back on it, put it on the table last minute. So I have a lot of interaction with uh, the creatures at the throne and then the horsemen. You remember when I said, oh, disease is coming and so forth, until I even prophesied COVID when I talked about, uh, it was uh, July 29, 2009, Joe back South Africa, uh, uh, Oliver Tambo sleeping on the floor when the Lord takes me to glory. Then I say diseases are coming. Then I'm the same one that gave the prophecy December 1, 2015 of COVID coming four years later, struck the earth. So they, they are around. They are around. Only waiting to be charged once the church is out, right? So, to contextualize for you this so that I may move to something else, the horsemen alone, they kill one quarter of the earth's population. And if any of you saw what COVID did, COVID, the words of my tongue, killed only 20 million. The word is only. But there was nowhere to bury people. There was smell of death everywhere. In Brazil, look at the graves. Look at those mass graves of Brazil. It was just unbelievable. In New York, dead bodies were just thrown. Paperbacks, look at that, in New York City. Just thrown. Dead bodies were just thrown into what everywhere, bathroom, into kitchen, the, the dead bodies. Italy was worse. I think it was the first to be hit, right? Big. India became bad. Dead bodies were thrown into, into the river in India. This is New York, yes. But dead bodies were thrown into the river. Dogs were eating, eating the dead bodies. Thousands of them. Look, look, look. Dog, dogs were walking around eating, dead, eat, eating uh, 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 those dead bodies. That is serious, blessed people. The words of my tongue. And those words were lying in the YouTube for four clean years. Nobody knew they had so much power to shut down the whole earth. Nobody knew that. Aye. This is serious. For four years, the words are there. Their power is potent. But when they were realized, shut down the entire earth, aeroplanes were parked. Planes were parked, my Lord. Look, it's terrible, COVID. Serious. Planes were parked in the deserts. Nowhere to park. The power of those words. Are we together? And so, that was just 20 million. But dead bodies were smelling everywhere, mass graves, nowhere to bury. How about one quarter of the earth? One quarter of 8 billion, what is the number? 2 billion dead bodies. How about that? Where will you bury? Can you imagine the earth will just have the smell of death? Are we now understanding why the Lord said like never before? And yet, 
That is still the first half. The Lord Jesus talks about the second half. Where one half will be killed. One half of the earth. I think you put together that maybe five billion, right? Because if you take two billion out of eight, you're left with six. One half of it is three billion plus two, five billion.